With you for segment one, follow us on Twitter at blima790 at apollodes1, and of course follow the main page at apollohou. And Des, we are close to the end of the first half of the season. The Astros have two series left at home against the Oakland A's and the New York Yankees. But before we get into the preview of those two series, the Astros continue to sweep teams. They came off of a well, we got swept. Yeah, I was gonna say they came off of you know three bad losses, terrible losses, and then they and then they go to Cleveland and beat the brakes off of them with the quadruple A Astros because it's, they were the Houston Skeeters. Yeah, pretty so much. To speak. And went in, stole their lunch money, and swept them in four games. So AL Central is fraudulent. Like I'm just they I, are frauds. I said they it, are and frauds. I was catching he I was catching strays on the timeline from some peeps, and I was like, nah. You could shoot. You could aim at the king. You best not miss because AL yeah. Central is fraudulent. Yeah, I mean, you look at the AL Central. You've got the White Sox. You've got the Cleveland Indians. You've got the Minnesota Twins. And who's the other team Royals, in there? Tigers. The Royals, Tigers. All of them are awful. Yeah, Tigers are bad. Royals are bad. Minnesota's bad. Minnesota's supposed to be the top team in the AL Central, or they're supposed to be the best team to give Chicago fits. Yeah, some people call them and a wagon. And, Fraud. Yeah, Fraud. they did. We I remember an Apollo hour where someone I forgot who it was. I have to go back and look at the tape. But someone said that they were going to be a wagon. And they're not. They're not good. The twins aren't good. Yeah, the Cleveland Indians are not good. The White Sox pretty damn good. But look what the Astros did to them. And, you know, the thing that's crazy to me is you look at those three losses to Baltimore. They lost nine, seven, 13, three and five to two to Baltimore in Baltimore. I'm sorry, at home. And then they go to Cleveland. And they take four, four straight from Cleveland, from a better team. If you compare Cleveland and Baltimore, Cleveland's obviously the better team than Baltimore because Baltimore is just god-awful. I just don't understand how this team constantly plays up or down to the competition. Or down. There's no middle of the road. Like It's it's feast, feast or famine. You played so many good teams over the last two months, and you played pretty good baseball. Then you play Baltimore at home. And get smoked after being in Baltimore the week before and smoking them. Yeah. You look at, man, you look at, you just look at the previous games uh, at Baltimore, three game sweep. Then you go into Detroit and you win. Then, then obviously with the, that series was kind of screwed up because of the, the weather. So you, then you go into a doubleheader, uh, seven inning games or yeah, on that Saturday and they lose one, win one, then they lose Pretty much one, two, three. They lost four in a row between Detroit and Baltimore. It's bad. And the, the AJ Finch factor is the AJ Hinch factor is there, whatever. But but losing the way you did to Baltimore is just it, it sucks. It's just bad. Yeah, it's rough. And then you go to Cleveland and you smack them around. 
Yeah. It's, it's feast <clears throat> or famine. I don't get it. I, and honestly, I, I, I tweeted about it all week and weekend. Like, shout out to the young guys stepping up. And when they're getting these opportunities, they're, they're fucking thriving and they're winning. They're finding yeah. ways to win. They're scratching runs. They're making great defensive plays. And um, that's all you can ask for when you have three or four all-star guys that are not in the lineup. And, you know, you have all these days off randomly that, like, I, that's the one thing that kind of irks me a bit. I know we're big Dusty guys, but um, these planned days off aren't, like, in cement and stone. And he that's what he acts. He's like, I told Jose Altuve a week ago that he was going to be off on this Tuesday. So this Tuesday rolls around and he's still going to be off, not knowing that Tucker's back is hurt. Brantley's yep. hurt. Jordan's having a kid. All these things, all these other factors. Like, you could be fluid with these days off and you could keep some of the lineup in there, but we're not doing that. And um, that's a gripe I have. And I know a lot of people in the time I do, but it's just these young guys are getting opportunities and they're they're thriving. I think what yesterday yeah. we had Toro, Stubbs, Robel, uh, Chaz McCormick, McCormick, Jones, yeah. all those guys were in the lineup. Like, yeah. All these early taxi squad guys and and skeeters guys are you know getting a lot of run right now and you know hey shout out to them for getting that opportunity they're getting big league paychecks and we're winning ball games so um it was a uh a hell of a weekend for sure getting that four game sweep yeah you look at the guys that were in that lineup obviously kyle tucker is still out with back spasms uh michael brantley was a late scratch late scratch bro i uh, i saw someone in the timeline someone was making fun of back spasms have you had back spasms before dude back look dude, and this isn't even an old. This isn't even an old man joke. Not Back spasms are the worst, dude. You just lock up. Like yeah, like they're the worst. Paralyzed. Like, could you imagine trying to play in a professional baseball game after having back spasms? There's no shot. Absolutely not. No shot. I saw someone chirp, and I was like, that person's never ever it, experienced any side, any type of back pain. One with two back spasms. It's not like yeah. you're you're you know you're getting a spasm in your calf. No, this is your entire back. It just locks up. Like, yeah, shut Tucker down for a little Dude, bit. Dude, I, I know that Twitter, it is what it is, and Twitter is a wild place. But I swear, man, it, the loudest people on Twitter are the most unathletic dudes <laughs> or, or women. Either way, like these people that yell the most on Twitter and, and sit and just, they're just the keyboard warriors. Yeah. They haven't, dude, they couldn't even sniff an intramural field in college. Yeah. And, the, and they want to talk about, oh, it's just back spasms. Go out there and play. Dude, if you had back spasms, you could sit in a whirlpool. You could put on Tiger Bomb. You could put on Icy Hot. You could rub some CBD lotion all over you, and it's still not going to work. Back spasms are, is that pain that just comes, and it, it seems to never leave you. It's just the worst. It's the worst um, non-significant injury, if you will. It's not like a, a broken bone or a torn ligament or whatever, right? It's just one of those things that, you could literally wake up one day, you could show up to the field, you could go through BP, you tweak a little something in an oppo swing, and then bam, locked up. Yeah. And you're done. You're not getting through it. It sucks. Yes. And the only thing that helps, obviously, you get heat or, or ice, whatever. I think heat's the, heat's the way to go, right? With the back spasm, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, just or whatever. that sucker heated up. Yeah, whatever it is. It's still the recipe to get rid of a back spasm is rest. That's the worst part about it. Because you can't really do anything. So, yeah, for someone to say that Kyle Tucker should be playing through back spasms, no shot. There's no shot. Absolutely. No way. And Yeah, and then, and then to, to continue on down that lineup, you had Jordan was having a baby. Um, Shout out to me for uh, being a grandfather now. 
Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. It's not about me. Proud of you. It's not about me. Yeah, it's not about you. Uh, thank you. Yeah, they're the streets are saying I'm the grandfather of the year. So that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. We should put it to a vote on Twitter. I don't. I don't know about about you, but maybe we should. Yeah. No. Maybe I don't know. Well, either that or we should we should put it to a vote who has the uh, best European accent. How about that? Oh, yeah, we could do that. We could yeah. do a whole episode. Okay. Let's do. I don't know. There's Let's no do, way. I think we could. I th- like I, this is getting off no the shot. rails, but we should do a whole episode in a British accent. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a bloody good idea. It's a bloody good I mean, idea. I'm gonna have but, to uh, put some time in. I know, would too. So yeah, it takes some dry hacks in the mirror. Yeah, you know, for sure. clear the throat. Ow, now brown cow. Could you do that in a European? Look, or, we're not putting uh, we're not putting me on the on. Look, I'm gonna have some time. Okay, I'm gonna fine. do some work, right. and we're gonna do it. Not off the rip. Yeah, not off the. Can't rip. do it off the rip. 100%. All right, fine. Uh, but back to the Astros. Uh, Martin Maldonado was on the bereavement list. He should be. Co- he's coming back. Jordan is coming back. But if you look down this lineup from the uh, game four on Fourth of July, Happy Fourth of July! Yeah, everyone, Happy Independence uh, Day. By the way, look. Yeah, look, this episode's Day. a little off the rails already. We'll get back to it. Give me your top three Independence Day movies. Like Fourth of July, I'm watching these movies. Uh, well, the first one is obviously Independence okay, Day. Okay, let's. All right, obviously. Okay, let's. Um, Excluding Independence Day, give me three other ones. Man, you know, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not a big movie guy, so I, I I'm not. I don't even have any answers because I don't really watch. I don't watch what? movies on Fourth of July. Yeah, man. You know who does? I'm not saying like specifically you have to watch it on Fourth of July like a Christmas movie or something. Uh, I'm saying like Transformers. That's you. Okay, wait a second. <laughs> Hold on. Let's, Dude, I don't oh, know. Oh, 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 oh. We're gonna unpack that. We're gonna unpack okay. that. There's. When I, <laughs> when I say give me a patriotic movie that you would watch on the fourth of July oh, weekend, oh, you patriotic say movies. Dude, have the Decepticons? That's the most okay. against the world you can come or against America you look, can come around. Look, okay, there's one. Give me your two other ones because I, I just can't <laughs> Dude, wait to I unpack it. I don't know. Uh uh American Sniper and Top Gun. What are we doing? Like, I I googled like, you, I googled patriotic Google? movies, oh. dude. I'm telling you, I don't watch a lot of movies, dude. man. Zero Dark Thirty, Jaws, I, Jaws is that one? Okay, can I get my list now? Or are you gonna keep just naming random Google searches? Uh, what's Sandlot? The yeah, go ahead. Sandlot is oh, a, okay. Thank you. That's is fair. A, is a movie you watch on <laughs> on Independence Day weekend? Jaws is another real- one. Oh, people are gonna rip my ass for this. Your, oh, your time, your mentions are gonna be on fire. Worse, yeah, I hope worse than not. your British accent. Hey, and let's let's because you know our guy Josh Joshros. Yeah, he's uh, he's the man behind the scenes that makes all this happen. I can already tell you, it's probably you know our little preview that we do on on Twitter 100%. when we release uh, an episode. It's probably gonna be this one. 100%. So uh, have fun with this one, Josh. And my third Keep movie, going. my third movie is National Treasure. That's, I mean, Never those three it. movies right there, like, sum up the most patriotic weekend of all time. Never seen it. You've never seen National Treasure? I have not, no. All right, well. So here, I've got a list Everyone listening, here. I'm looking for a new co-host. Jeez, I've got, Louise. I've got, I've got a list You said Transformers want. Look, Dude, want, hold on. I hope Apollo never gets invited to Family Feud because you would be the guy that we'd all have to suck up and be like, good answer, good answer. And it was a terrible answer. Like, well, Transformers. Look, I, I look. I carry. I, I wear many hats at Apollo. I do what I can to support the the group. So, look, if you want me to take on that role of being, you know, playing uh, the villain amongst the groups and not having good answers, I can do that. 
I'm like the uh, Maytag man, no, dude. I don't. I don't even think this is a bit. I think you generally don't <laughs> watch movies, and you you said Transformers. Yeah, and I then did. You had a Google. I did. I did. You're right. And then here, let me go down my list real quick. You know what the number one movie to watch on this Fourth of July weekend was, or on this list? Uh, what Independence Day? No, The Fast and the Furious. Oh, you see, that's a good movie. The original. Now that is a good like, movie. Now we're now we're back on. We see now you're back. That's a good. That's a good franchise right there. I, I don't, uh, dude. Some I don't, of these other ones that are on here. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how it. we got onto this. Because uh, we're talking but, about Fourth uh, of July. Anyways, did you eat hot? Did you eat a hot dog on Fourth of July? No, yeah, of course I did. What'd you eat? Like something no, that's did. ridiculous, I, like chicken no, fried steak or something. What'd you do? No, what? I I had hot dogs. Okay, that's yeah, how you see a, how you just looked at me when I said chicken fried steak. That's how ridiculous your Transformers answer was. Okay, well, I mean, look. All right, let's get back to Bumblebee. The let's get Bumblebee back. Bumblebee saved the planet. Unbelievable. All right, so the Astros the sweep the Indians. I mean, how much more patriotic can you get? That's not even just the United States. That's the world. Look. Megatron? Do you know who Megatron yeah, is? Just, let's, just, let's just get back on Shia LaBeouf and I, Megan Fox I've seen came it. together. I've seen it. it it's, not a, Cohesively. it's not a 4th of July movie. But they say, I mean, how much more? Pa- There's military involved, okay? I mean, Uncle Bobby B is in there. He sells the car. To Shia LaBeouf, I don't even, I can't even, uh, Sam, come on, his name's Sam in the movie? Dude, Sam, Uncle Sam. Look. Uncle Sam, how look, much more, do you want me to keep going? Look, you're so far stuck the in the spider web. Hey, when you get, look, when you I don't get know done, how much, Google I don't know how much Transformers decide to pay you for this episode to just shill <laughs> out this Google. propaganda, but there's no way, there's no way anyone else in the world thinks, hey, what movie you want to watch on 4th of July weekend and someone else says Transformers? There's no way. There's I mean, no way. I just, I just want to know what screams more patriotic than Sam Witwicky. You see, you're just on Google now reading Wikipedia, so. No, it's, no. Yeah. All right. No. Back to the action. Anyways. Yeah. Unbelievable. Decepticons, Megatron. Yeah. They get taken down by Sam Witwicky and his hot girlfriend. S- Sam Witwicky sounds like a Houston Astro player that this was called up this weekend to beat the Indians. <clears throat> Absolutely. So let me go back to that lineup for game four here as we get back onto the rail. Uh, the starting lineup in game four against the Indians on July 4th. Altuve, Straw, Guriel, Correa, Castro, Chaz McCormick, Abraham Toro, Taylor Jones, Robel Garcia. And they won. They won in extra innings. You know, I say that the Astros uh, slapped around the Indians, but those were some gritty wins. For sure. Those weren't like blowout, easy peasy wins. Those were grinded out, uh, make good plays, extra hustle, win ball games. And they did it with a team with guys like Chaz McCormick, Abraham Toro, Taylor Jones, Robel Garcia. And they won. It's a pretty good problem to have. It's a great. It's a great problem to have because <clears throat> these guys are getting a lot, a lot, a lot of um, run. They're getting a lot of at-bats, and they're getting opportunities to see big league pitching. And um, best in pay dividends if they get their number called in the August, September, October runs. So um, there is one guy on the Indians, that Emmanuel Kloss guy. Did you see him? The little Say that again? Who? Emmanuel Kloss, Klasse. 
He's there. Oh, Klaus. Yes, the dude that throws Ched. Bro, he was dotting up 100 mile power sinkers 100. and 100 mile power cutters. He was making a ball yeah. move right to left at 100 and then make it go yes. left to right 100 and was dotting. And that's without spider tack. Without. 100%. Yeah. Klaus A, I think I heard a stat. I was listening to the game on Sports Talk 790. Uh, gosh, what was the stat? It was like he is, he is one of the only, him and Jacob DeGrom are the only two pitchers to throw X amount and X amount of pitches over 101 miles an hour. Whoa. Just him and Jacob DeGrom. Hmm. And this guy isn't even a, that, that just shows, look, Jacob DeGrom is one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball, and he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. So for Class A to be in that same category on that crazy-ass stat, I would have to go and look at exactly what the stat was, but it was something along the lines of like, hey, Class A has thrown 27 straight pitches over 100 miles an hour. Or it's like something along the lines of like, his average fastball comes in at 101.2 miles an hour. And the only other guy that's doing that in Major League Baseball is Jacob DeGrom. And neither of them use spider tack. Could you imagine what they would be like if they did to increase a little more RPMs for those guys? That's insane. The, the, the movement that Classe has on his pitches is, uh, I, I don't even have an adjective to describe it. It's devil it's disgusting. magic. It's wizardry. I don't know what it is. It's not human. It's, it's, it's tomfoolery. <laughs> it's, it's goddamn tomfoolery. It's, it's, um, it's pretty damn, pretty damn yeah, good. That's a weapon. I wish we had a, a weapon. God, like I wish that. the Astros had Golly. him. And, and the way that in the way that Ryan Presley is throwing, okay, yeah, let's could you all star? Yeah, Ryan Presley. Do you want to go into the all stars? Fuck it, why not? Let's do it. Yeah, good for good for Ryan Presley. That but was before, so well earned and well deserved. Well earned, absolutely. Uh, you know, we'll talk about the all stars, but let's talk about the all star snub too. And Yuli Gurriel, absolute bullshit. Wow. How do you not have him as an all star? Yeah, I. I one, it's a stacked position for sure. I understand that and I get that. But men lie, women lie, numbers don't. And numbers Yuli, don't. And Yuli Gurriel's numbers scream all-star. Hopefully he'll get, um, you know, if, some, if someone tweaks something or, you know, is already hurt and is in the lineup, they, he's that first call that they make because he is an all-star. And it's a damn shame that he's not this year because he is getting older. He's found the fountain of youth this year. And Yuli Gurriel deserved to be a 2021 AL All-Star. And it's sickening he didn't get it. Yeah, the Astros that made the All-Star team are Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, Michael Brantley, and Ryan Presley. The most uh, players from one team amongst the MLB. None of them are starters, though. They're all reserves, which is fine. Uh, but then when you look at Yuli Gurriel, he was beat out by Jared Walsh. He's the first baseman for the Angels. Uh, Guriel has the edge and, and these are some of the more advanced stats that I really don't give a shit about. Uh, what is God? I'm going to sound You're very boomer, uneducated. Dude. You're such a boomer. dude. What is, like, what I, is look, we don't have enough lowercase, to... lowercase F war, war runs war. What is the runs above? No, not runs above replacement. What the fuck is war? You don't know either. Okay, no, good. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's back. Just looking it up. I'm not back. War. Wins above replacement. Correct. Right? How do okay. you how do you not know what war is? So war by a small margin, two point three to two point two. So he's got a better dude. I don't who has, care, who has a better man. war. Sorry, say that again. Uh, Yuli Gurriel. Okay, that's a that's a big heavy stat. 
Continue. Okay, and ha- he has the edge in overall hitting. What's his OPS? W- What's their OPS? W- I'm just looking. Uh, WRC plus a 147 to 143. I don't know what the fuck that means. Cool. Great. Guriel is better. Okay. But then in this article that I read, Walsh has twice as many home runs, and that's essentially the factor on why he got voted in and Yuli Guriel did not. So you can call me a boomer, and, and people can, can talk shit to me about not knowing what wins above replacement. But obviously, these more advanced analytical stats don't mean shit because Yuli Gurriel is not an all-star because he doesn't have 20 home runs. He's only got 10. So don't, you know, look, there's, hey, we can disagree on things. You know that, right? I, we're we, most of the time, we've hey, we're on the same page with everything. this entire episode, but yes. That's okay. That's fine. But these, this war and this other bullshit, no one cares. Who cares? Who gives a shit? You're, so, you're yeah. a big batting so average take, guy. Take, no, yeah, bad right. averages is the old for the times. I'm a big OPS guy. All right, that shows so, a little more of what type of hitter so you are. Jared Walsh has a .907 OPS to Yulee's, which is roughly around what uh, .884. So it's you know off by .02, I guess two tenths. It's good math. Yeah, good math. So that's pretty close. I don't know how much data you take to move up two tenths or not, but um, yeah, I, I know. I feel I, like he got man, snubbed. I think he got snubbed at the end of the day. And I know the guys that are like, you know, our guy Ben is a big uh, analytical guy, and that's fine. He's damn good at it as well. So, so good for him. But for me, I don't care. I think when it comes to, when it comes to hitting, uh, what are you doing with your at bat? Do you have a quality at bat or not? Yes or no? I don't care about your wins above replacement. I don't give a shit about whatever WRC is. Uh, uh, whiff or whiff percentage over contact percentage or whatever the shit is that you putting together a good quality at bat or not? Are you getting on base if you're not getting a hit? If you're not getting a hit, are you moving a guy over? Are you squaring balls up? All those things fall into categories for me. These heavy analytical stats, I don't care. What are we doing? Look, uh, what are we doing? Look, I, 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 my, my blood is my blood is boiling. My, my skin is crawling. Let's just continue with your your segment. <laughs> My segment. We're a team here. It's I'm our just saying. I'm just saying. Let's let's. You know who else was? This, I think was a could have been uh, Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are not talking about Jordan uh, being snubbed. Um, obviously, it's the Shohei show in the in that DH spot, so it's tough. Okay, look, ha- dude, Shohei Otani's got 31 bombs. Shohei Otani is the greatest baseball player to ever play. Ever. Why, why, why are we, not we, but why are people really talking about him and Babe Ruth at the same time? Babe Ruth's mind Babe... would fucking explode if he, saw sorry, Sha- but... if he saw Otani's built. Just Otani Dude. as a human being is a jacked human being. He is built different. Then. He is built different. Then he throws it 102, and then he could dig into the box, and if you throw 102 at him, he could fucking take it 500 feet. If Babe Ruth dug into the box against Shohei Otani, he would literally shit himself because he'd never yeah. seen a ball come that fast. And if Otani faced Babe Ruth, he would take that 85 miles an hour, that little fucking little candy cane bullshit fastball that he throws, and he'd send it 900 feet. That's why I don't like the comparison of anything. Why are we talking about Babe Ruth and Shohei Otani? Babe Ruth isn't touching today's pitching. And, he, and if he's a pitcher, he's getting yacked. You know, I'm sorry. Babe Ruth was listed Dif- at 6'2", 215. That's like, yeah. that's like George Springer. 
Yes, that is. That's like, exactly right. Hold on. I'm going uh, to double check it. I mean, don't Do get me wrong. George Springer's 6'3", 220. George Springer that, is bigger than Babe Ruth. And we're like, oh, man, look how big Babe Ruth was compared to these people. Yeah, because everyone was a farmer or some fucking exactly. pharmacy tech or some <laughs> fucking mayor or lawyer. Of course he's going to look fucking big. Kidding me? I Babe Ruth. Ruth. Baseball didn't start until at least the eight, until steroids came about. The 80s, probably. I don't what know. year? What were the... Pro I don't even know. Was it the bro, 20s? The 30s? Bro, the 40s? What look, are you talking about? I here? wouldn't be able to play because of uh, being Mexican, but if you would put me in a time machine <laughs> and you put me in every generation, I would easily hit 300, probably all the way up to the 80s. 100%. Okay, let's... 100%. Average height for a man in 1930. Right on air, let's do it. The average... Height, come on, man. You can't give it to me in like feet. <laughs> Son of a bitch. What the fuck? This episode's off the rails. The, look, off here we go. Here All we right, go. Continue. The average height for a man back then was five foot eight. Five eight was average height. Dude. No wonder they thought Babe Ruth was a fucking giant. Yeah, do 1920. Do 1920 because that was like his prime. Babe Ruth started playing in 1914 and played all the way to 35. Five, five foot eight. And what? Okay, say that again. Do, it, 19 do the what? year of 1920 because that's like starting. 1920. He'd be 25. Babe Ruth would be 25 at that time. He had 54 home runs in 1920, 59 home runs in 1921 against Bob the Builder and Mark the Mayor. Bob the Builder. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh my God. Okay, so to feet, here we go. Uh, when he started playing baseball in 1920 or whatever, the average height for a man in 1920 was five foot seven. Yeah. So 10 years down the road, it increased by an inch. So it went from five, seven to five, eight. Yeah. No wonder he was six, two. He looked like fucking Godzilla, of course. So where did he, so here's my question is where the hell did he come from? That's a good question. Where the hell was he built? But, okay. So I mean, dude was built different <laughs> back then. Yeah. Okay. This is the whole thing. You could say that you could say that. You know, the, the one argument that I hate, I absolutely hate, is who's the GOAT in basketball in the NBA? LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan played in a completely different era than LeBron James. LeBron James is playing in a different era than Michael Jordan. So, the same thing. You bring Babe Ruth into today's game as he played back then. They were playing with, like, little le leather mitts. Like, not even a, a glove. Like, just a pad. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm telling Dudes you, I, I would smash about 300 easily in my sleep. Put me in time. Shohei, Ot Shohei Otani is a thousand times better than Babe Ruth. Oh, yeah. I don't care. I, I, just, I don't understand why the national media is running with Babe Ruth this, Babe Ruth that, Shohei Otani. Let's compare. Why? Why are we doing that? Yeah. Shohei Otani is a destroying the baseball. He's hitting. He's Bro, he may fuck around and, and he may fuck gonna, around and go for Bonds' record. Exactly. That's no shit, dude. That's like, not a, that's not a wild take. The way that he's hitting right now, he's got thirty one bombs. He may get two or three more before the All Star break because there's about six or seven games left. Yeah, he the may, way he may the pace that he's on, he can hit thirty four bombs by the All Star break. You add you you multiply that by two, that's sixty eight bombs. What's so? What it's not out of the realm of him going for bonds a single season record. It's really not. That's insane. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think if anyone's doing it or sniffing it, it, it could be him. I know, like, we, there's always like 
the language and talk about who's going to get Bonds' record, but a lot of people like tail off around the 40-50 mark. I just don't see this guy slowing down. Like, barring injury, he does have that problem. He has durability issues. But Shohei Atani can legitimately come into August like, oh, shit, it's, it's, it's capable of, of getting there. Let, let's say, and look, let's face it, the Angels aren't going to the, they're not going to the playoffs. Yeah. So, also, they, could they eat, have two generational talents, and they're wasting on both. That blows my mind. But It's insane. And at one point they had they had uh like, they had Albert Pool. You know how great Michael Trout is? And <laughs> the second coming of Mickey Mantle, probably gonna be the second greatest baseball player of all time. And Shohei Otani is making Mike Michael Trout an afterthought. That's how electric yeah. this Shohei Otani kid is. Blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Look who they have playing third base for him. Anthony Rendon. <laughs> Houston kid. Damn good player. <laughs> Houston kid. Champion. I played against him in high school. Champion. I mean, and, and no one talks about him. Obviously, he was injured, but now he's playing, and Shohei Otani is stealing the show. Barry Bonds' single-season home run record is 73. 73, yeah. 73. It's not, uh, it's not out of the so question for chasing, Shohei Otani. He's chasing 40, 42, the tie? 42, as of right now. Yeah. That's tough. I, it is damn. tough, but it's it's. I mean, it's it's it, not out of the room of possibilities, and so. it's not a it's not a wild take. It's not a hot take. It's not a crazy take. It's a very. It's not a. It's it's a very possible outcome that we could see him try to stretch and get to that mark, bro. Let's say he hits two more home runs in the next six games, that'll put him at thirty three at the All Star break. Like I said, just do simple math. You multiply that by two. He's got 66. Dude. He's only seven away at that point from the home run record. I'm on baseball reference right now, and I, we're not even talking about the All-Stars, but I just had a... This, this, this blows my mind. I know you're not a big analytics guy, but at 42 years old, Barry Bonds had 20, <laughs> 28 bombs, right? He had, he had 340 yeah. at-bats, 28 bombs, and 132 walks. He only struck out 54 times, had an average of 276. His OPS was 1.0. Four, five. Jesus Christ. At 42 years old, dude. That is insane. Would you say, would you say that Barry Bonds is the greater, greatest hitter of all time? Best baseball player of all time. He's better than name, anyone. Name another hitter. Past, present, whatever. Name another hitter that got the automatic intentional walk treatment that he got. No one. I... My question you, you won't see it. My question is is game on the line, the three guys that I would have up at to the up at the plate to win a ball game in the world like say World Series. Bonds would be one, Pete Rose yep. would be the other, Rose, and Tony yep. Gwynn. Tony Gwynn, yeah, absolutely. Those are like my say, three like I, and then probably Ted I was, Williams. I was gonna say, if you don't tell me right now that it's not Barry Bonds, Pete Rose, and Tony Gwynn, I would say that I need a new co host. Yeah, I don't because know what those order. three hitters. I don't know what order. No. Like, like, because no, dis- I mean, I, I would. Those are my three guys that I would choose. Yeah. So, and you know what? Here's the take. Uh, some people probably agree with me. Some people don't. Barry Bonds and Pete Rose should 100 percent be in the Hall of Fame. Should be in the Hall of Fame years ago. Years ago. Years ago. Name another player that gets the special treatment that Barry Bonds got when he stepped into the box. You, you can't. 
you can't do it. That dude, my God. Look, I, yeah, leaves me speechless how good he was. Yeah, I, I said probably- it. I, I'm doing this. I'm doing this segment for the YouTube channel, and it's like kind of breaking down my favorite bats during the week. And and I said I was like, there's gonna be two. Whenever I have a kid, whenever down the road, twenty years when I grow up, uh, <laughs> when I break down film with my kid, like we're gonna only watch two hitters. It's gonna be Barry Bonds. It's gonna be Michael Brantley because those two swings are so perfect. Like, yeah. And Tony Gwynn and Pete Rose could very well be in that thing. But I just, in my mind, when I look at it, Michael Brantley swing and Barry Bond swing is, is second to none. Cause it's when, so effortless. I was going to say, when you talk about Michael Brantley, the best thing about Michael Brantley's swing is it's, uh, it's very quiet. Yeah. He's not going up there taking daddy hacks, so to speak. Yeah. He, you know, it's like the, it, you take it, you take hitting to the ba- most basic, basic, uh, you take it to the most basic part of the game beyond it's not, you know, a lot of guys, you know, with the younger kids say see ball, hit ball, or, you know, when you get a little bit older, it's hit. It's where it's pitched. Yeah. I mean, that's what Michael Brantley does. He hits it where it's pitched. You don't see him. I, I don't even know why you would shift on Michael Brantley. It makes zero why, sense. Why? Yeah. The dude you is have to, a, play him he, straight he up, could, to be honest. I would say so. He's a gap to gap guy. He can put it out. I, I mean, if you're a young player, coming up through the ranks and you want to see a guy to focus on it would be michael brantley look what he does opposite field uh pulls the ball hits home runs quiet soft through the zone you have um the barrel staying through the zone as long as possible he doesn't strike out very often no and if he if he he does it's one it's on the umpire or two it's it's a really good pitch by the pitcher you're just like oh shit that if you've if you fooled Michael Brantley, you should like probably get that ball from the umpire and put it in your trophy case because that's really uh, rare. Yeah, and there was a there was a uh, uh, all star Michael Brantley by the all-star. way. Fifth, I know, fifth I know, we time being an all star. I know we said you know when we got into this we were going to talk about the Astros all stars, but we just you know two baseball guys talking about this guys being baseball. Dudes. It just we just kind of ramble on. But when it comes to Michael Brantley, um, there was a. I can't remember who put it up there, but they asked someone on Twitter asked who is the MVP as of right now for the Houston Astros. And Michael Brantley wasn't on that list. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the, uh, I think the Astros future did it. I think he, so it was it, G- I think it was Jimmy did. I think he put a poll. Okay. Up. Yeah. And, and Michael Brantley wasn't on there. Yeah. Um, the other names on there. Yeah. I mean, of course those guys are going to be in, in I think consideration it's Correa, for, but, oh, yeah, that's, I, that's for me, I, it would be, uh, it would, it would either be Michael Brantley or Carlos Correa. I agree. All-star, and I th- Carlos Correa. All-star, Car- Carlos Correa. And I think segment two, Des, you and I will talk a little more about Carlos Correa because we knew coming into the season that he was going to have to perform because this is, you know, last year with the Astros. Contract free agent, year, baby. Contract year, yeah. Free agency is, is coming around the corner. It's going to be here before we know it. And I hate to break it to Astro fans, but he's just not going to be an Astro after this year, nope. especially if he stays healthy in the second half and continues to play the, the way he does. And then we all know what he does in the, when, when October gets here. We know what Carlos Correa does. So, for yeah, for Astros MVP, you would have to make a case for both Michael Brantley and Carlos Correa. For me, I think it's Michael Brantley. Yeah, Carlos Correa I think it's close. definitely I think, right up there. Yeah. So, to run down the American League team real quick and then the National League, uh, these are your elected starters. You got Salvi Perez behind the dish, Vladdy the Wagon Jr. at first, Marcus Simeon, a solid pickup by Toronto. Jesus Christ, he's a starting second baseman. 
You got little Devers at third from Boston. You got Zandy at short from Boston. You got Michael Trout, fan vote, center field. Um, obviously, he's injured. That's, dude, that, see, that's bullshit. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's such bullshit, yeah. man. D- if he's healthy, of course, he's going to be the starter. Yep. But that's such bullshit. Yeah. Um, so there's a spot going to be opening up right there. Um, Aaron Judge, uh, starter. And <laughs> Tiescar Hernandez, former Astro, great. Um, as a first time all-star. So, uh, you got three, you got two Boston dudes, three Toronto dudes, Salvi behind the dish, Michael J. Trout judge, and then Otani at the DH, uh, Otani also being the first pitcher designated hitter, uh, two way selection. So, uh, after that reserves bench, you got Mike Zanino. He, I don't know single-handedly beat us with Randy Rosarena last year because we kept pitching to him. Um, behind the dish as a reserve, Altuve getting his seventh nod, Bo Bichette, the young shortstop, getting a all-star invitation, Correa getting his second, Matt Olson, Jose Ramirez, Jared Walsh, Michael Brantley getting his fifth all-star game appearance. And then this is kind of where Joey Gallo is an all-star. Adoles Garcia is an all-star. Cedric Mullins, who showed out against Houston, is an all-star. J.D. Martinez and Nelson Cruz. So, oh, a, lot of, a lot of Rangers. A little weird. Um, the interesting thing is going to be this, Brian. Is this whole spider spider tag fallout. We're seeing Garrett Cole just... I get shellacked. I, we're literally watching a man just spiral into madness. Like, He's Garrett crumbling. Cole may become the Joker. Like he may go he's fucking yeah, dude. He's done, <laughs> done. So I'm worried that all I I may bet all all every every single penny I have on the over in the All Star game because none of these pitchers are going to be able to throw with Spider Attack. This is going to be a a launching pad at, at Coors Field to begin with. Um, but here's your starting pitchers. You got Shane Bieber who's out obviously, so there'll be another one that fills in. Garrett Cole, Nathan Uvaldi, Kyle Gibson, uh, Lance Lynn, Radone. Uh, Matt Barnes, Chapman, who's falling apart at the seams as well. Liam Hendricks, Ryan Presley, and Soto. Um, so that's your AL team, your NL team. We'll just run it through it quickly. Posey, who's reincarnated, found the fountain of youth. Freddie Freeman, Adam Frazier, Nolan Arenado, Tatis Jr., Acuna, Nick Castellanos, and Jesse Winker is your elected starters, your reserves. Rilla Muto, Albies, Bryant, Brandon Crawford, Cronenworth, Escobar, Muncie. Trey Turner, Betts, Reynolds, Schwarber, who's out now, Soto, Chris Taylor um, is your offense for the National League. Um, that seems strong. I, I know a lot of a lot of NL Central guys there, so that's kind of weird, but whatever. Uh, your starting pitchers, Corbin Burns, Darvish, DeGrom, Kevin Gossman. I used to call him the gas can because I hated starting him in fantasy, football, fantasy baseball. Now he's reincarnated. Herman Marquez, Trevor Rogers, Wheeler, Woodruff, with Hader, Kimbrel, Melikin, and Reyes in the bullpen. Um, that's your 2021 AL and NL starters and reserves. I think it's going to be... I like the All-Star game. I know a lot of people don't like it and stuff because it's just kind of blah, but I, I thoroughly enjoy the weekend. I like the home run derby I always, and I like the game. Yeah, I always like the All-Star game and the All-Star weekend. I always like the festivities. And I said it earlier here on the podcast, uh, on Beyond the Diamond, that uh, the Astros had the most in in most selections, but actually it's the Red Sox. The Red Sox have five guys um, uh, that were named to the All Star Game, so that's a 
an error on me that I corrected. But yeah, I like um I really like what they did with the home run derby, how they switched it up to the timing aspect of it. Um and of course, I like the I like the game in general. So, yeah, I don't know why people are blah about it. I mean, I mean, what's better, the the NFL Pro Bowl or the MLB All-Star game? Yeah. Or actually even the, what the NBA the NBA did to their All-Star game, uh putting money on it and you know, at at the end of a quarter or end or two quarters, whatever it is, I don't know the exact thing. That they made that their game a lot more interesting. Um, you know, let's just hope that Rob Manfred doesn't run into a situation where he would have to have to award each team a tie, like Bud Selig uh, ten or twelve, fifteen years ago, whatever it yeah. was. What a jackass! But um, <laughs> can we get? Hey, can we as the MLB? Can we get a competent commissioner one of these days? That's asking way too much. I uh, right, That's Jesus man. I mean, between how bad the umpires are collectively this year, all of the CBA issues that are that are going to come about here in December of this year, the spider attack, the Yankees letter still hasn't been unsealed. You've got people trying to claim that the Astros are cheating again. Uh, I mean, my God, you got ML or minor league players, excuse me, living in cars because they don't have hotels that are open. They don't have places to stay. They're making below the poverty line. God, and Rob Manfred is right there, right there at the top. Who's worse, him or Roger Goodell? Yikes. Um, they're both. I <sighs> Look, I, I think Roger Goodell I know it's a weird, embraced I, the I, I, villain and knows that he is a villain. I right. really think Bobby Manfred thinks he's lovable. I think, I, I think if you're a commissioner of a major, major sport, you're a narcissist to begin with, but I think Roger Goodell knows he's the villain and plays into that role. But I think Bobby Manfred legitimately thinks yeah. he's like loved by everyone. Rob, Rob Manfred probably thinks he's doing well as the commissioner. He probably thinks Bob, he's doing. Bob Manfred a lot gets of good his approval right. ratings, and he's like, "Oh, my approval ratings at ten percent. There's ninety percent people that I can change their hearts to love me." <laughs> yeah, Bob Manfred. Rob Manfred is probably the guy that sees his approval rating at ten percent, and he's like, "All right, that's better than no percent." Hey. Hey, glass half full, baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's, uh, that's better than five percent. I hey. think. I think we have a new little. We will get sued. Never mind. We'll get sued if we we start doing Bob Manfred uh, parodies on on the. YouTube. I would love to do it. I would love to do it. I'm telling you, Bob Manfred is the worst commissioner in all of oh, professional sports. Yeah. But um, man, that that's gonna do it for segment one. We uh we rambled on quite a bit, but we're just a couple dudes being guys. You know what I'm saying? Yes, so, sir. Uh, segment two, we'll preview the A's series as the Astros are back home to finish out the first half of the season. They host the A's and then they host the Yankees. So Des and I will hit on that a bit. And then, of course, we'll talk a little bit about Carlos Correa and in his contract year and how he is. You can make a case for him as the Astros MVP of the first half of the season. So don't go anywhere. Segment two is right around right around the corner here on Beyond the Diamond podcast.
Segment two is here beyond the Diamond Podcast. Brian Lalima, Apollo Dez here with you. Follow us on Twitter at BLima790, at Apollo Dez1, and of course at Apollo HOU. The Astros are back in town to finish up the first half of the season. They welcome the second place team in the AL West, the Oakland Athletics. They play Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 7 10, 7 10, and a 1 10 start. Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia, and Lance McCullers Jr. on the mound. They face Bassett, Manaya, and Monta- Montez. Montaz? I don't even, I, I'm butchering that, whatever. Um, and then their last series, they stay at home and they're taking on uh, the Pinstripes. New York Yankees are back in town Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That series is going to be electric at Minute Maid Park. You've got Odorizzi, Grinky, and Valdez, and they will face. Uh, Garrett Cole without his spider tack. And then a local product, a local product, Jamison Tyon will be on the mound. Bro, if we don't put up 50 on him, I look, I got a hit off him and I'm not, I suck. So we better put up 50 on my cat. Yeah, we faced, we faced uh, J-Mo. He was a freshman. We faced him my senior year in a tournament in Austin. And there were like 30 scouts there to watch that Woodlands team. It was insane. We beat him. I mean, obviously, he was a freshman, still pumping eighty-eight to ninety. Yeah, pumped it up around like ninety-two. It was crazy. We knew he was going to be Look, good. Look, I think, but, I think uh, we beat him up. I think we're going to. We should put up the most runs on yeah. the season against the Yankees. I think you have a chance. And look, we're not. We'll talk about Oakland series here in a second because that's the more important one of the two, um, statistically with the standings and everything and how the West shakes out. But you have a chance to. The Yankees are limping into this week, right at five hundred. Right, they're like forty-one. They 41. suck. They're bleeding. Bleeding. They are out. Not good. You would have a chance right before the All Star break to break them, like like how Bane broke Batman's back. Uh huh. You yep. have that opportunity to to do that and and break their back. Um, you also have that opportunity against Oakland. Oakland, you have a three and a half game lead coming into this week, and uh, you have a chance to. To break their soul, and I hope the Ashes this week, all gas, no breaks, just keep go, 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 and don't look up, and you can only catch your breath at the All-Star break, and then get ready to put yeah. your head down and go to work. So um, they have a huge week in front of them, and it's a, a week of opportunity is how I'm going to coin the phrase. It is a week of opportunity, you like and that? you've got good, yeah, That I might like be that. my title of my blog tomorrow, week of opportunity. <laughs> That's, there it is, boom. That's how Book the magic it. happens Write it down. right there. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the Astros have some pieces coming back. Um, you've got Jordan that is coming back. You've got Maldonado coming back. They made uh, a couple of changes. Uh, would, you, would, you bring, would you bring Tucker back or would you just sit him, shut him down to the All-Star break? I, would, I, would, I mean, it depends on how he feels, obviously, yeah. but I would not rush him back at all. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so he, some, some roster moves. Uh, Jordan and Martin Maldonado were activated. Marte- Francis Martez cleared waivers and has been assigned to Sugarland. Ralph Garza, Peter Solomon, and Garrett Stubbs all optioned to Sugarland. Uh, and then I think I did read something from Jake Kaplan of the Athletic uh, that Brian Abreu has thrown in back-to-back days for Sugarland, so he is he might be really back close. Up. Yeah. yeah, so he might be the one that they cleared the way for. Uh, Josh James is coming close to returning did you see that he's got a, did you see that tweet tonight by ben Our yeah ben. sure did uh changed his, blew up his entire mechanics everything oh yeah everything he's got a little short arm high high leg kick and uh 
Glove side stays a little bit closer to the body. He's not extending out with that lead hand. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited because the dude's got the stuff. Dude, he throws Ched. I don't, it's hard because he's a big guy, right? Let me, right. Let me pull up his, his, his stuff. Uh, there's just a few amount of people that I think that could recreate themselves essentially and be a power reliever. And I think that could be Josh James. And he's always had the stuff, right? We've, we've, all, we've yeah. seen his stuff. It's, it's just been in between his head a bit and mechanics and, and all that stuff. Um, but when he's on, he's on, you know, hundred, hundred mile power flames, James. Um, but he, he's six, three, two forty, big dude. Uh, what about if he develops into a Kinley? Kinley's kind of a big guy, short arm, cutter fastball. If, if we get an arm like that, about, are you talking about Kinley Jansen? Yeah. Hopefully he's better than Kinley Jansen. Ken, all right. Obviously, but Kinley during his his prime was very efficient. They're both big guys. He ha- you arm. know, he has the, yeah, the bigger build, the short arm. If Josh James can just develop a cutter to go along with his, I mean, we've seen him throw a hundred mile an hour fastballs. You add in a, a 92, 93 mile an hour. Cutter, Kinley's six, five, two sixty. So, I mean, they're holy not that far off an inch and 20 yeah. pounds, but yeah, I would say it's a good comparison. I would say it's a good comparison. And if we can get Josh James back with that type of, stuff i mean the stuff's there i'm sorry better mechanics more fluid more smooth uh man stay healthy that's gonna be a huge huge addition to that bullpen because we all know it the bad part about the astros is the bullpen yeah that's it i mean it's plain and simple you need more arms and (laughs) god can somebody can somebody give brooks Raley a break dude like i know everyone he's he's like the the little pinata everyone loves to beat up but goddamn, he's getting sent out there day <laughs> after day. I'm 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 becoming a book a Brooks really truther because I'm like, yo, he's being sent out there every other freaking every every day, not every other day, every single day in the high leverage situations. That's exhausting. That's it's exhausting. He throws ninety and he's a lefty in the bigs. Like it's you're like you're just like getting this rat and you're putting him in this in this pit of vipers every single day and you're just like well i know another another little mouse is about to get eaten but like you want to cheer for him like maybe he escapes this day like maybe he gets out of this pit of vipers <laughs> like he's he is god dude he's appeared he's appeared in 36 games already this year they've played 85 and he's appeared at 36 of them i think i just talked myself into being a big brooks Raley stand dude, <laughs> i think i did he's thrown he's thrown 30 in a third innings <laughs> he dude everyone likes to talk shit but my god the dude pitches he's almost appeared in half of the games look what's 36 divided by 85 <laughs> he's appeared in 42 percent of the games this year bro he's he's thrown in his big league career he's thrown 88 innings he's almost done half <laughs> <laughs> he's almost done half you think that kid isn't tired oh my you know shit you no know brooks Raley is waiting for the all-star break he's just like bro <laughs> yeah he's like, I, just need, I just need a day where i can catch my breath load up on some tiger bomb and just my fucking God. relax because load, i am, load up he's probably aged about 20 years of stress just for my god dude Ugh. load up on some tiger bomb and a couple of couple of 30 packs of Kush Light. Yeah, I mean, it, God it, bless, dude. Turn the phone off. Enjoy the dude. All-Star holiday. Just, dude. Dusty, you can't, you can't bring me in today, Dusty. You can't do it. Do you think it. at any, 
Do you think after every game that he appears in, he, he like what the Astros just played how many games in a row? I think it was like a stretch of 20 without a yeah. 20, right? Without a day off. Yeah. Brooks Raley probably appeared in six straight games. Do you think at any point when they get done with the game, after he gets dressed, he probably just wants to go sit at a bar by himself <laughs> and crack oh, open a beer? Bro, He's probably like, and you know Fuck. what? You know what? I bet, I bet Dusty sees that and then goes, goes and puts a little, goes sits next to him. He's just like, Brick's like, yeah, I just, I just need, I need some me time, bro. I need some me time. And, <laughs> and Dusty's just like giving him some old war story, you know? And he's just like, oh. and he's got to listen because that's Skip, right? And you're just like, yeah. I just, I need, and he's going to snap one day. He's just going to be like, I c- get the fuck out of here, Dusty. Like, dude, oh. Brooks Riley probably goes to the fancy hotel bar, sits there by himself. Cracks open a tall boy beer, beer of your choice. No free ads on this podcast, but he he probably just, he's chilling, checking. He's probably secretly on Twitter looking at everybody, bag him. bashing him, dude. Just bashing (laughs) him, right? (laughs) And you got some random guys from Apollo that are like, hey, people, Brooks Rayleigh throws too many innings. Let's let's lay off him a little bit, and then here comes Dusty Baker. <laughs> Sits down, he looks at the bartender. He's like, "Hey, give me a little. Chardonnay. Hey, I want the usual. It's either a little, a little Chardonnay wine. or a little, a little or a little whiskey or a little whiskey on the rocks. You can go either wine. Or you can go whiskey on the rocks. He doesn't even look at Brooks. He's just looking straight ahead at the bartender. He's got his toothpick in, stirs his either wine or whiskey, takes a sip, and then he looks at Bradley. He's like, "Hey, Brooks," and Brooks is probably like, <laughs> "Fucking leave me alone." Shit, I just want to have this I bet, beer. I bet Dusty doesn't watch any bullpens for anyone on the staff but Brooks Raley. He's like, oh, that's, Brooks my guy, that's, that's my guy, baby. That's my guy. That's it. Strommy probably comes in after watching six other pitchers throw flat grounds, yeah. and all Dusty Baker says is, how did Brooks look? Uh, Brooks, Brooks look dude, good. That's 100% what he says. He's Brooks, available. Brooks, he good? I bet that's all he says. Brooks, 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 he good? All right. All right, that's it's all. Strom- like, yeah, he he's good, but he, you should probably give him some rest. No, he's good. He's available. Oh, he said good. And all he, right. Brooks, he's oh, good. good. He's in. He's hey, Brooks, you got the A. God, <laughs> dude, Brooks, we need hey, to stop. Hey, get Bro- Brooks, get Brooks, hot. Get Brooks, hot. Get him up. Brooks, Brooksy's taking Brooks, taking a nap. Dusty, hey, Skip, Brooks, he's sleeping. Well, wake his ass up. You know, you know that meme of SpongeBob that's just like he's looks tired and the stress. Yeah. And just, that's Brooks Rayleigh right now because oh, he's just man. being called on every single day to be the high leverage guy. And bless his heart, dude. He's pitching his freaking dick off trying to get through it. He's pitching his ass off, oh. just hoping I'm and a Brooks praying Rayleigh that the All-Star. Look, Brooks, we, I, the I have 100% now a Brooks Rayleigh stand because unbelievable. You got Brooks Rayleigh is just hoping and praying that the All-Star break gets here sooner rather <laughs> he than later. He just needs a fresh oh, air a little breather. Oh. oh God! And Brooks Ray, look, we as a fan base have got to lay off Brooks. Got to lay off I mean, Brooks. Shit, it's like could you, you imagine your boss asking you to do a sales call and presentation every single dude, day for a new client? Have you ever, when you were with your old company, did you ever go to any any conferences yeah. at all? Like, did you work any booths? Yeah, dude, it's it's the same thing every single time a new person comes to the booth. You're saying the same spiel over and over and, and got over the again. Service face. And yes, smile and you have to. And- you got to have the ha ha ha, yeah, the yeah, fake yeah. laugh bullshit. Here's, yeah, dude, over. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I got a koozie. Yeah. Ha ha. Go. F- hey, put a beer in that. Swag. That's what we want. Yep. Yep. Check us out. Check us out online. It's like, dude, over and over and over again. That's, what that's Brooks, Brooks Rayleigh. What he's going through. That's Brooks Rayleigh. You know that video? So of that, you know that video of the, the, uh, the substitute the teacher? Old, yes, yes. The substitute teacher walking in yes. and a different. That's him, dude. That's Brooks Rayleigh. It's a revolving door with Brooks yeah. Rayleigh just in every 
single game, dude. My goodness. I'm a Brooks so, Raley truther now. You you heard it here first on Beyond the Diamond Podcast, a part of the Apollo Podcast Network. We are Brooks Raley truthers. Right there. Book it. Book we it. got a couple minutes left here on segment two. Let's talk about Carlos Correa and let's talk about Carlos Correa's season. He's played well. He's hitting oppo tacos. Uh, he's making defensive gems, throwing the pearl across the diamond. The leadership is there. Uh, you saw it yesterday, you know, against uh, uh, against Cleveland when Brooks Raley came in. You had in, in extra innings. You had Carlos Correa right there at the mound waiting for Brooks, saying something. Had the glove cover in the mouth. Probably gave him a couple uh, words of encouragement. First pitch, boom, fields the bunt, turns a badass double play. There's Carlos Correa to tell Brooks, hey, badass job. Carlos Correa is playing his ass off in a contract year. It is time to start coming to the realization, people, that Carlos Correa will not be a Houston Astro next year. I'm sorry that sucks to hear, but it's not happening. The Astros will not dish out the money that Carlos Correa is going to ask for. Yeah. Uh, take it away i've said it since 2019 enjoy every single inning and moment you have of carlos correa it's just what i heard behind the scenes and what we're seeing and all of it unfolding um i think he would love to be houston astro for life and i don't think the organization is in a spot to uh meet the financial needs of carlos correa and um his family in camp so um it sucks. It sucks because it's a guy that you drafted, you know, first overall. It's a guy that you homegrown. It's a guy that you have a staple and an anchor um, in your lineup and on the field, and you don't get those. And so they're really rare, and you have to pay up for those. And it looks like they're not going to. And we could be very wrong. And we I could be. At, and I hopefully we are because that means Carlos Correa is the Houston Astro and the. Yeah. Golden age and the window extends a little bit more, but I I think that there's a um the the only thing the Ashes were holding their their hat on with uh, a team that wasn't willing to pay the two seventy five to three hundred million that me and you Brian from different sources both heard uh, yep. coming from the camp that was the durability right can he can he stay on the field can Carl stay on the field he always gets hurt blah blah blah. blah. Oh yeah, he's on the field right now. He's producing at a very high level. He's a captain. He's a leader on your team. Um, he's someone that is young, yes, but he has a ton of innings logged and a ton of um, skins on the wall and a ton of big time moments for this franchise and uh, the fan base. So it it's gonna suck. I, I I saw the George Springer thing. I understood the George Springer thing. I I didn't see how you could give 150 million to. Um, a guy in his in his 30s going into the back half of his of his prime and in his career um 100% get that but you have a shortstop that is um second to none on the on the field defensively and then one of the best offensive shortstops in the game and the leadership and everything that he brings and just not even on the field but off the field with his charities and foundation and for the city and fan base it's um going to be a really really tough to swallow because um there's going to be teams lining up like the marlins the yankees the red sox i think alex cora is going to make a big time move for um carlos correa i this is kind of how i've been thinking through it a bit the astros i've been saying astros red sox alcs been saying that i just think they're the two best teams everything's going to line up for this rematch right i think the astros are a better team than the red sox i think the astros have better pitching than the red sox um 
<clears throat> and that's what's going to get them over the hump to another World Series. But it wouldn't put it past me that Alex Cora, great baseball mind, love him or hate him, whatever, I, I adore the guy. If he were to lose to the Houston Astros in the pennant, what other slap in the face to the Houston Astros the next year is going to get their guy? Yeah. I could see Alex Cora, and they'll it's sign the guy figure it out later because they have Devers and Zandy. Um, so someone's going to have to move to second base. But I could see a situation where they'd be the early leaders in the clubhouse for Alex, or for, excuse me, for Carlos Correa because Alex Cora and him are boys. Um, they have that great connection. Um, and I could see the Astros beating the Red Sox and then the Red Sox are going to go get their guy and then the, the Red Sox are the team to beat next year. So, um, yeah, it's going to be just interesting. I, yeah, I think, let's say the Astros do, let's just say perfect world Astros sign Carlos Correa for, and I'm just going to, I'm throwing out lower than what we've heard that he wants. Let's say they sign him for $230 million, whatever the year is. I, I don't know how many, five, six, seven years, whatever. Let's say that, he takes 230 million. That's going to have ramifications down the line when you reach when you try to sign Jordan Alvarez and to an Kyle extension, Tucker. Kyle Tucker to an extension. You know, you've got guys that are um under team control for another couple years, but you're going to have to eventually make those guys Houston Astros. Yeah. Jordan Alvarez, you're going to have to lock up. Yeah. So, I guess the, you, you can't let a guy like that go. The question is is Carlos Correa worth Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez? And it's simple. You're taking one guy over two, two and I take the two, and I take the two over the one. As I take I, the two over the one as well. And, but that you in this situation, you have to guarantee that they sign contract extensions. Right. Um, well, so, you're going to be able to get Kyle. You'll be able to get Kyle Tucker for way cheaper, obviously, right? And then you've got Grinky. Assuming you've got Grinky coming off the books, Berliner who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen with Justin Verlander. I don't see him pitching again for the Houston Astros unless it's a late, 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 late playoff push. Um, And that's going to be out of the bullpen for a couple innings. But other than that, you're going to have those two big contracts coming off the books. I always said 220 was the number number for Carlos. That's like, hey, I'm walking. This is is my hard stop. Um, But he's... he's, Every game that he plays, his value goes up even more because everything was just on the durability. And so not even just the production on the field. It's always been, okay, can you stay on the field? Okay, he's staying on the field. And look, putting up all-star. He's an all-star. He's putting up all-star numbers, and he's pricing the Astros out, and it's going to fucking suck. Um, but, yeah, in that situation, gun to my head, Kyle Tucker, Jordan Alvarez extensions over Carlos Correa. I'm taking the two over the one. Because um, you have all these young guys, all these young pitchers that you have a lot of team control on, so you don't really have to right. bite the bullet on pitching-wise. Um, You've got to go lock those guys up if Carlos walks. Um, yeah, and then you've got some young, promising talent coming up. You've got a couple yeah. guys down in, in, in the minor leagues that, you know, will eventually or hopefully eventually fall into that same role that Carlos Correa is in. Obviously, that's I don't like think hitting, that they will. That's, that's so tough. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Twice. No, that's what I was going to say. I don't think they will be able to do that. So, yeah, I think. And then let's not forget who the general manager is now. James Click is not the same type of general manager as we saw with Jeff Luno. I think James Click has done a wonderful job, but I just don't see him being able to say, hey, Carlos Correa, we want to sign you for $220, $230 million. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the Click era is just trying to hold serve because he's so up against an inflated payroll and a 40-man that is just yeah. 
looks like it's a night. Oh. It's a nightmare. Yeah, we're, we're yeah it's a, a, it's a log grinder. jam. It's so bad. Yeah, it's a log jam. So he's he's got both hands tied behind his back. I, I think in the offseason, if 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 we see an aggressive contract to Carlos Correa, let's say two thirty, two forty, and Carlos signs somewhere else, I think that bodes well for the vision that James Click has because now now his hands are untied because you have. Grinky and you have Verlander's uh, contracts off the books. You have all this money freed up. If we see an aggressive move for Carlos Correa, not this 120 bullshit, but an aggressive in the in the 200s, and it just doesn't go our way, that's just baseball, baby. It happens. It's business. Oh, yeah. Like, so be it. Hey, that, say hey, we tried. We, we went up above 200 million. I just we gotta to see the trying part. Right. You know. I agree. And if yeah, I see I that, agree. then then I'll be I'll feel I'll have the warm and fuzzies in my stomach about the James Cook era. But if we get another 140, 150, yikes. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the that's the part that stands out to me. It's like what uh the Cubs offered Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. Anthony Rizzo kind of has the same story, you know. That dude's been there for forever. He's been the centerpiece one with Chris series. Bryant. Right, won a World Series, and they offered him just a just an absolute slap in the face offer this past offseason. So if the Astros and James Click can say, Hey, Carlos, we want to sign you, you know, here's 210, 220. Uh, even if they go crazy and get up to like 230 and Carlos says, Hey, thank you. But I've got X team offer me 280, you know, uh, 50 mil- more million dollars. Yeah, you can't fault the guy. You know? Yeah. You can't fault him. No, because at the end of the day, it's business it's a business. It's a business. You're going to want, if a guy came to you and said, Hey, I'm going to give you $280 million. And then another, your best friend says, Hey, I'll give you $210 million. What are you going to do? You're going to take 70 less million. Come uh, on. Hey, hey, you're my best friend. I love you, but. Going, I'm taking, I'm taking yeah. an extra 70 mil. Look, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Numbers don't. That's it. Rubbin's racing, brother. I'm not doing that. Okay, well, that's going to wrap up the segment then. <laughs> Look, I had fun on this Look, episode. It was great. It was great. It was fun. It was real fun. But that, we're, we're out of time. Look, we're out of time. Sign us out. Take us home. That's it. Astros taking on the Oakland Athletics. Just a uh, a preview, real quick. I think the Astros are going to win the series. I'm going to say we get swept because that's what I'm doing doing all year. That's it. So, and the A's have got pretty much their their number one and two going. It's Bassett and Manaya. So, yeah. Uh, the Astros will. Uh, it's a week of opportunity. A week of opportunity. Some would say this is the streets are wait, saying. Wait for the blog coming. Yeah. ApolloHOU.com. Check us out. That's going to do it. Another edition of Beyond the Diamond podcast is in the books. Of course, follow us on Twitter at BLima790, at ApolloDez1, and at ApolloHOU. Dez, you got anything before we get out of here? Just a week of opportunity, baby. Beat Oakland. That's it. Beat Oakland. That's going to do it. Thank you for joining. Tune in in a couple of days. We will recap the Oakland A series, and we will look to the last series of the first half as the shit-ass New York Yankees come into town. For my co-host, Apollo Dez, I am Brian Lalima. Thank you for joining. Follow us on Twitter, at Apollo HOU. Love you guys. We will see you next time on Beyond the Diamond Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Love you guys. Here's a ground ball right side. Could do it. The That's it. Bam.